Hello, People's Church family. Happy Sunday to you. And I sure miss gathering together at our facilities, at our buildings, because there's nothing like being in the room. But thank God for technology and that we can worship together via technology. And I'm just grateful for how you are making a difference in this season. As Pastor Scotty just told us about some huge ways that you're, you're making a difference, I also want you to know that the Oklahoma City public school system reached out to us this past week, and they asked us, would we help feed you know, around 45,000 students are in the Oklahoma City public school system. And they asked us to come. And on this coming Tuesday, some of our dream team, some of our staff are going to go. And obviously, we're going to follow the CDC guidelines. But we're going to go pack bags full of groceries so that children who depend on the school for breakfast and lunch can have food. So I just thank God that People's Church, you're making a difference in this season. Convoy of hope because of your generosity, uh, your giving, your tithing, your giving to dream builders. They're coming and they're dropping off thousands of pounds of groceries and water and toilet paper this coming week. Actually, tomorrow they're bringing all of the supplies and we have some of our dream teamers and perhaps you would like to participate you can email care at peopleschurch.tv and if we have some open windows you can come and we're going to put care packages together full of groceries and water and supplies and then on Thursday people's church we're going to invite those in need in the community to People's Church, allow them to pull up in their car, and we're going to put groceries in the trunks of people's cars. Thank you, People's Church, for making a difference. I love you. I love your heart for others. I love your generosity that we can make a difference in the hearts and lives of people this coming Thursday Outreach is happening and lives are going to be impacted. I do just want to just say a welcome to all of our campuses, Indianapolis and Mabel Bassett, Northwest, Midwest City, Oklahoma City campus, and all of you joining us online around the world and all of our guests today, I say a huge welcome to People's Church. We would love to connect with you and to get to know you a little bit better. And I, I do want to make you aware of last Sunday night was a lot of fun and we're going to do it again. My wife and I will be joining together in our home answering your questions live on Facebook at 7 p.m. tonight. So please come connect with us. Come with your questions. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a great time together tonight at 7 p.m. And then this week, can you believe it? It's Easter. Easter is here. And we're going to have a good Friday service this Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. There'll be no Wednesday night service. There'll be youth service, but no Wednesday night time with me and Shannon and preaching and worship. That'll happen Friday night for Good Friday service. We're going to take communion together. I'm going to preach God's word. We're going to have worship. It's going to be a powerful time as we celebrate this Easter season. And then Easter Sunday, next Sunday, we'll have services online again at 9, 10, 30, and noon. What a season. 
to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. I'm closing out our series today called Encounter. And, you know, one of the things that I, I really miss in this season is I miss sports. I'm a sports fan. I'm, a, I'm kind of one of those sports guys that I just kind of like a lot of different sports. Now, now my, my, I have a favorite sport. I, I'm curious What's your favorite sport? Come on, just right now in the, in, the, in, the, in the comment section, let's let me know what's your favorite sport, basketball, football, baseball, golf, softball. What, what's your favorite sport? My, my favorite sport is football. I love football. I love college football. I love, I love high school football. I love junior high football. I love professional football. I enjoy the game of football and and there are some people that take it to a whole nother level. They're not just a fan. They are a fanatic. They love their team with all of their heart. Matter of fact, I, I want to show you some pictures of some fanatics, of people who love their team with all of their hearts. Check out this picture. This, this is a Green Bay Packer fan. I mean, he, he loving his team with all of his heart. And, and check this one out, a Cincinnati Bengals fan. He, he, he's loving his team. This is a fanatic. And, and come on, America's team. Come on, the Dallas Cowboys. That's my team right there, church. That, that's a fanatic right there. And, and then the Indianapolis Colts, all my Indy family. That's my second favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts. Can I tell you something about these guys? They are loving their team with everything they got. They are literally fanatics for their Team. And what I want to talk to you today about is how to have a lifestyle of worship. I, I, wanna, I want you to really understand what it looks like to live a life of worship. And to live a life of worship, you have to love God with all of your heart. Or let me say it to you like this. You got to be a fanatic. You got to go all in for Jesus to live a life of of worship. Here's what Jesus says and teaches us about living a life of worship in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? The, the number one commandment. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus teaches us that the greatest commandment is you and I have to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, with everything that is within us. That is the only way that we will live a life of worship is by loving Jesus with everything that is within us. And here's what I want to do today as I preach God's word. I want to help you understand what it looks like to love God with everything, to be a fanatic, to, to, to live a life of worship. And I want to teach and preach from Luke chapter 8 and talk to you about a man who was demon-possessed. And Jesus set him free. And this man's life and this story illustrates for us what it looks like to live a life of worship, not a moment of worship, not a day of worship, but what it looks like to live a life of worship. And I want to teach you today four ways 
to live a life of worship. Four ways to live a life of worship. And the first way is this. A life of worship sits at the feet of Jesus, sits at the feet of Jesus. Let's look at this story in Luke chapter number eight and verse 35. It says, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at the feet of Jesus, sitting at Jesus's feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. This man had been sitting at the feet of demons. For, for years, his life was controlled by the devil, and now this man is sitting at the feet of Jesus. A true life of worship sits at the feet of of Jesus. I, I have a question that I want you to ponder right now. And that is, whose feet are you sitting at? And in this season with this coronavirus and COVID-19, we have to have a heightened awareness of whose feet we're sitting at. Because due to the season, due to this pandemic, you can find yourself sitting at the wrong feet. You can find yourself slipping into worshiping the wrong things. Let me just kind of give you what's happening in our world today and how you can find yourself sitting at the wrong feet. 26% of American households, households started using online streaming services like Netflix for the first time in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. And there's nothing wrong with Netflix, but you can find yourself at home all the time and just sitting all the time in front of Netflix and that's what's feeding your heart, your mind, and your soul. 49% of Americans say they are watching more live TV than previously and you can find yourself sitting at the wrong feet. 48% report that they are now watching streaming services more often than before during this crisis. Movie buying and renting has nearly doubled within the last 30 days or so. Overall internet usage rose by 28% in the week ending in March 22nd, 2020, compared to the week Prior, Verizon reports this. Verizon saw a 163% increase in the use of collaboration tools in the morning on March 22nd from the prior Sunday and another 224% increase on March 29th. Listen to this. This kind of just boggles my mind. Total views for local news outlets on Facebook were up. 247% for the 30 days from February 21st to March 23rd of 2020 compa compared to the prior 30-day period. Twitter posted even bigger gains. That their viewer engagement is up 196% overall consumers in TV households with two or more people watch more than 150 Six billion, billion minutes of streaming content during the week of March 16th, 2020. That's up from 115 billion during the week of February 24th and more than double the minutes during the comparable March week in 2019. And you say, Pastor, 
Man, are you preaching against the internet and streaming and Netflix and television? Not at all. I'm simply saying during this pandemic, you can find yourself sitting at the wrong feet. You can find yourself feeding your mind the wrong things. And I want to encourage you, don't get distracted by the pandemic. Jesus says this in Luke chapter number 10. It's, It's a powerful story that teaches us about whose feet to sit at. And the story reads like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Who are you listening to in this season? Who has your ear? Who has your focus and attention? Who are you quoting? What's coming out of your mouth? Whose feet are you sitting at? And who are you listening to? God's word? CNN, Fox News, celebrities, movie stars? Who has your ear? Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted. And I think it's so easy in this season to get distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. And that's a lot of people right now. They're distracted. They're upset and worried about many things. And for a good reason. I mean, we see all that's happening with with COVID-19 and sickness and and death and the cases are climbing and the economy dropping and and businesses closing and schools not meeting and people are worried and upset about many things. And Jesus says this in verse 42, but few things are needed or indeed only one. In other words, Jesus says only one thing is really needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is the one thing that is needed in every season and especially in this season. Are you sitting at the feet of Jesus or are you distracted by the pandemic? Are you distracted by the news and are you finding yourself not reading your Bible? Are you not having the first 15 minutes with God every morning anymore? Are you not spending time memorizing scripture and instead of quoting just the news, quoting the word of God. Are you, are you sitting at the feet of Jesus or sitting at the feet of culture? And if you're going to live a lifestyle of worship, you have to sit at the feet of Jesus. Don't get distracted by the pandemic and move away from the feet of Jesus. I want you to see I want you to see a second a second way to live a life of worship and that is this a life of worship is a changed life a changed life notice back in Luke chapter 8 and it says in verse 35 and the people went out to see what had happened when they came to Jesus they found the man from 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 whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus's feet dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. This man encountered Jesus, and his life was changed And at People's Church. If you're new joining us online today or sometime throughout the week, I, I want you to know at People's Church, we believe that it's okay 
not to be okay. You can come to people's church. You can join us online week after week. As soon as uh, we're able to meet in our physical locations, you can come to our buildings just like you are with hurts, habits, and hangups. You're welcome just like you are. And here's something else that we believe. If you keep coming and experiencing Jesus, you're going to end up with your life changed Because when you encounter Jesus, he changes your life. And that's what happened to this man. In Luke 8 and verse 27, it says this about this man who who needed a life change. He had been bound for a long time, demon-possessed a long time. And the scripture says, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. Notice this, for a long time. He'd been demon-possessed a long time. This man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tomb. So the Bible says for a long time that this dude was filled with demons. He was not in his right mind. He was living homeless, and he was running around naked in a cemetery. My brother was (laughs) cray-cray. How many of you know? How many of you know now? If you're running around naked, in a cemetery for years, you got issues. And, and, and he has some issues. And I know some of you think your family's cray-cray. And you think your cousin's cray-cray. And your mama and them are cray-cray. And a couple, that's, that's cray-cray. <laughs> Running around naked in a cemetery for years. Is there any hope? Is there any help for somebody like this? And this man encountered Jesus Christ and his life was changed. No matter what you're facing, no matter how long you've been trapped, trapped no matter how long you've been addicted, no matter how long you've been lost, no matter how long you've been confused, no matter how long you've been in that particular lifestyle, no, not, no matter how long you've been with hurt habits and hangups Jesus can change your life we recently received a story from a lady in our church and how God changed her life because Jesus changes lives and here's what she said to us and this is simply her words she says people's church has made such an impact in my life. Back in September, I had a breakdown. My life was spiraling out of control. I was depressed. Anxiety and blood pressure were high, and I even had suicidal thoughts. I checked myself into a mental facility. Then a friend told me about people's church. Oh, don't you ever take for granted telling somebody about church, telling somebody to attend, attend, inviting somebody, texting somebody to attend the next service. Don't ever take that for granted. Her friend told her about People's Church, and she goes on to say, I attended, and on the second visit, I decided to rededicate my life to the Lord. This has brought me so much closer to God. I have learned to accept who I am as a child of God. I have made new friends. I am still dealing with things in my life, such as survival 
surviving breast cancer, but with God by my side, I can continue to be strong and move forward. People's church, come on right there online. You ought to just clap with your pastor. You ought to say amen. You ought to sit up some hearts. You ought to put some smiley face emojis, some clapping emojis. Somebody ought to thank God right now that Jesus changes lives. She came in suicidal. She came in depressed. She came in with anxiety. She came in bound. And she met Jesus who changes people's lives and people's church. I want you to know something. Jesus changed my life. He's changed my life. And I know many of you, he's changed your life. Come on, would you just let somebody know? Would you just kind of testify on how Jesus changed your life right there on that online platform. Just write amen. If Jesus changed your life, come on, just write amen. Come on, just come on, fill it up with amens. If Jesus has changed your life, you encountered Jesus and he's changed your life, just write a good old amen. You see, a lifestyle of worship is a changed life. But not only that, you have to understand something. A lifestyle of worship is allowing Jesus to continue to change your life. You see, I'm still in process. God's not done with me. He's still changing my life. And you and I allowing God to continue to change our life day after day, week after week, month after month is living a life of worship. A life of worship is not only Jesus changed me, but Jesus is changing me. And if we ever find ourselves justifying why we're going to stay stuck, if we find ourselves justifying on I'm not going to change, well, you know, that's just how I grew up. That's just my family. Well, I, I have the right to have that attitude. I have a right to live this way. I have a right to, 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 to cuss people out. I have a right to act like this. And we start justifying our behavior instead of allowing Jesus to change us. We have just said, I no longer want to live a life of worship a life of worship is a changed and a changing life i want you to see a third thing here a third thing on living a life of worship number three a life of worship is an obedient life an obedient life notice this in luke chapter 8 and verse number 38 and 39 it says the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him he begged jesus can i go with you but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how, how much God has done for you. Now notice this. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. After this man had been set free, he had been changed by the power of Jesus. He begged Jesus, please let me go with you. Please let me stay with you. And Jesus said, nope, you can't stay. I want you to go back home and the bible says this man obeyed jesus and went back home have you ever begged jesus have you ever asked jesus about something that you wanted to happen you wanted to do and jesus told you no I know I've been there that I've, I've asked Jesus I've, I've begged Jesus I've wanted some stuff and and the lord told me no we we all have desires we we all have feelings we all have ideas that are contrary 
to the plan of God for our lives. And a life of worship gives up what we want, gives up what we desire for God's plan. We give up good opportunities for God opportunities. Here's what the scripture says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. It says, so I say, walk by the spirit. Be led by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Listen, our flesh always has desires and our flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. If you're a Christian, you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and yet you still have all of this flesh and the flesh is always rising up and wanting us to do things contrary to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. Like your flesh will rise up and say, hurt somebody, get, get even, be greedy. Well, go ahead and date that person. Go. And, the, and the Holy Spirit said, no, no, no. But your flesh says, no, you do it, you do it. And you, your flesh says, be selfish. Just do what you want. Buy what you want. Live how you want. Our flesh is always rising up and speaking. And we have to say, I'm not following my flesh. I'm not being obedient to my flesh. I'm being obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'm following Jesus. Well, I tell you, this is so real for my life. Even just this past week, I was at home with my family like you are a whole lot if you ha have family that live with you. And I was home with my family and, you know, just all day being together on uh, last week on, the, on a particular day. And I, I just, by, by the middle of that day, I was just frustrated. And I, I, I could blame them if I wanted to, but this is kind of getting on my nerves. I, I know I get on their nerves sometimes. They get on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> and, and my family was just kind of getting on my nerves. You know how you're just watching your family or you're playing a game or something. You're just looking at everybody and you're like, you're on my nerves. And they, they say something. You don't even know why. It just hits you wrong. That's kind of mood your pastor was in. I was just like, y'all are on my nerves. And I was a little short and a little snippy and a little, you know, just a little, little irritated and a little pop off here and there I was doing. And, and I, I just felt by the Holy Spirit on side, in the side of me that I needed to go apologize to my wife for being a little snippy, a little short. And, you know, my flesh was saying, I don't need to go apologize. She better understand. I'm, we home all the time and can't go anywhere. And she, she understands. And, but my flesh was going, my flesh, don't you go apologize. But the Holy Spirit was going, go apologize. My flesh is going, don't apologize. My, my spirit's going, go apologize. My flesh, don't apologize. And I finally gave in to the Holy Spirit. And I walked in the bathroom. You know how it is, man. Come on, you walk in humbly. <laughs> Say, hey, sweetie, I'm sorry. And I had to fight my flesh to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. A life of worship is an obedient life. When Jesus speaks through his word or to our heart, we obey what he says. That's a life of worship. Number four is this. A life of worship is a soul-winning life. A soul-winning life. Our life of worship is to be a witness. Don't miss that. Our life of worship is to be a witness. We need to witness with our life. We've got to witness with our life. The Bible says in Luke chapter 8 and verse number 35, P. 
people rushed out to see what had happened. I want you to notice this. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw that this is important. They didn't just hear that. They saw this man and his life was changed. They saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at the feet, at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. I, I think that's kind of funny because I, I just try to put myself in the story. And they're all afraid. They're like, what, is, what happened to, to demon Danny? What happened? Man, that, you know that man's been cray-cray a long time in, those, in, those, in that cemetery running around naked. Man, did, did you see this? That, that guy sitting at the feet of Jesus, that, that, that Nazarene, that, that carpenter. Well, what happened to Demon Daddy? They were, they were weirded out because they were so used to him running around naked in the cemetery. And now he's sane and in his right mind. In verse 36, I love this verse. It says, then those who had seen what happened told others how the demon possessed man had been healed demon danny didn't have to say anything his greatest witness was his changed life he went from being demon possessed to being jesus obsessed oh that a preacher out there i'm all by myself besides the camera crew and a couple of folks in the room with me oh but i tell you i got a preaching happy moment right now he went from demon possessed to jesus obsessed he's obsessed with jesus and his very obsession with jesus is attracting other people and they're going man what is going on What's happened here? How's your life been changed? What's going on with you with, 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 with why you're sitting here in your right mind? And People's Church, all of my friends joining us online around the world, one of the greatest ways we win our family, our friends, our coworkers, students at school to Jesus is by them seeing our changed life, how Jesus has changed us how I was lost but now I'm found how I was blind but now I see I used to be possessed by drugs you might say or I used to be possessed by alcohol I used to be possessed by anger I used to be possessed by depression I used to be possessed by anxiety I used to be possessed by lying and a foul mouth but now I'm obsessed with Jesus because Jesus has changed my life. And guess what? Lost people, broken people, hurting people are attracted to a changed life. Listen, our life has to be a witness. And there's a second thing I want you to see, and that is we need to witness with our words witness with our words luke chapter 8 and verse 39 says return home and tell how much god has done for you so the man went away and told all over town how much jesus had done for him i, I gotta just read that again no, notice he went away and told all over 
how much Jesus had done for him all over I mean he got his iPad out and he got on Facebook and he got on Instagram and he, he got on Twitter he got on snapchat he he, he, was, he he started texting people I mean he was spreading the word Jesus had changed my life in verse 40 it says now when Jesus returned a crowd welcomed him they welcomed Jesus because this man told his story of how Jesus changed his life and they were all expecting him a life of worship will tell everyone about how Jesus has changed your life can I tell you nobody can argue your story your testimony is powerful if you know Jesus you have a story you may have only known Jesus for a day or two a week or two or maybe for 50, 60, 70 years. You have a story to tell of how Jesus has changed your life. Let God use your story for his glory. A life of worship doesn't keep Jesus a secret. That's not a life of worship. A life of worship does exactly what this man did. They tell everybody how Jesus has changed their life. What Jesus has done for them. Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. What Jesus has done for you. It's, it's Easter week. There's a pandemic. People are scared. The people you know are, are, that are, are fearful in your sphere of influence. People without hope. People that don't know God. People that are away from God. And I believe this is a moment in time. If us as Christians are sensitive to what God is saying to us. He's saying this is an opportunity. It's not a time for fear. It's an opportunity to share your story. So that I can use your story. To rescue someone else's life. Would you get on Facebook this week? Twitter, Instagram? Would you call people, text people, and get them to our Easter services next Sunday at 9, 10 30, and noon? On Tuesday, we're going to be emailing you. If we don't have your email address, please get us your email address at care at peopleschurch.tv. We're going to email you out a social media package to help you with some tools of graphics of Easter in people's church to send to your friends when you see those graphics pop up on Facebook this week or in your email pop up or as we if you we don't if you get on our our, our people's church app and sign up and for notifications on the app we'll push it out to you that you can have these tools to say I want to invite you to people's church let me tell you God's touched my life he's changed my life would you join me this Easter online I believe we're going to have the largest crowds we've ever had online this Easter and we're going to see the most decisions that we've ever seen for Christ because God's going to use your tweet your Facebook post your Instagram post your text message and sharing your story of what Jesus has done in your life to get people to come to church next week and to see their life changed this is your moment 
It's your finest hour. Let God use your story for his glory.